If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. And when you talk local politics in New York, and I mean this sincerely, nobody's better than Frank Morano. Uh, nobody. Nobody on this station. Frank, nobody comes close. Not me, not Bernie, nobody. Uh, Frank does a great job on the other side of midnight, and he uh, delves into these local races. And this one with Nadler and Maloney and others. No, this is the other. Excuse me. This is not their race. It's the 10th district. This one is becoming very interesting. So here he is to talk about it, the host of the other side of midnight, the great Frank Morano. Frank, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Uh, I mean, these races are interesting, but uh, I was a lot more interested hearing about your experience with uh, Imus and Howard Stern. I mean, you talk <laughs> about great radio. That that interview still holds up just as well today as it did uh, 15 years uh, ago. Great thank stuff. You. Thank you. Uh, people always ask me, you ever nervous? And I'm, I'm never nervous to go on the air. I mean, this is what I do, you know, but I, I was... I was terrified. I was shaking. Lisa G uh, was on, uh, had a video camera. And as I walked from the green room where my dad, my late dad, and my wife Danielle were to the studios, you can see me visibly shaking, visibly shaking. I was so nervous. And it turned out to be 45 minutes of uh, both funny and hell. But uh, I've got that forever. So thank you for that. But let's get to this, uh, this race. I see these commercials. With this guy, Dan Goldman. I don't know who he is, but I know you do. You're well-versed in this. But all he talks about in these commercials is how, quote, I impeached Donald Trump as if he did it all by himself. And that's and that's all he's done, it seems like. What is going on with this guy? And is this guy, in fact, the leader in the clubhouse? Well, there's a good chance, right? He certainly spent the most money, and all the other candidates, and I believe there's 13 still in the race, have pointed out the fact that uh, I believe one of his opponents referred to him as a walking campaign finance loophole. He uh, is the heir to the Levi Strauss fortune, so he's got wow. a, lot, a lot of money. He's got somewhere, according to his financial disclosure, between $46 million and $265 million, and he is betting big on himself here. He's spending millions. He's doing not just cable, broadcast uh, TV commercials. And he got a big boost this week with the uh, New York Times endorsement. And this is a district that includes Park Slope, uh, Lower Manhattan, a little bit of the West Village. This is a district where the New York Times endorsement actually means something in a Democratic primary. So uh, I wouldn't say that he's the favorite because there's a lot of folks that think that uh, Yulin Niu, the assembly member, because there's two Asian parts of the district. You got Chinatown in Manhattan, and then you have Sunset Park, uh, which is becoming increasingly Asian in the Brooklyn portion of the district that say she's got a chance. And there's one Hispanic candidate with 12 non-Hispanic candidates, uh, Councilwoman Carlina Rivera. So folks are saying that maybe all the non-Hispanic candidates will split the vote a little bit. So she's got a chance. And uh, you never know. You know, um, Congressman Mondaire Jones, who was representing another district, he's now moved to Brooklyn. All of his opponents are picking on him for being a carpetbagger and maybe rightly slow. So, but he's got a lot of big name endorsements, including from Nancy Pelosi. 
Pelosi. So it's, uh, I, I think it's a jump ball in this one. Uh, Liz Holtzman, I don't know that she's going to win, but she held, uh, she was in Congress about 50 years ago. She's trying to make a comeback. Liz, that would be kind of the, Liz Holtzman's got to be a hundred years old. Uh, yeah, at least actually. And, uh, she looks every bit of it, but, uh, she is, uh, she's <laughs> trying to make a comeback for this. So, um, we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. As you mentioned that, uh, that Nadler Maloney district in the uh, 12th, also interesting. That this week, the New York Times and Schumer both endorsed Nadler. So it does seem like momentum might be breaking Gerald Nadler's way in that race. You know, the more you talk about all these candidates in that 10th district, though, Goldman and Mondaire Jones and these uh, Asian folks, uh, the more I, I can't figure out why a Bill de Blasio really wanted to stay in the game. This isn't the race that he stayed in. I mean, it, you know, he, he was a horrible mayor. We know that. And his presidential run was one of the most embarrassing runs you'll ever see. I mean, really pathetic. But you would think if he's got a chance to at least be competitive, Frank, not win, but be competitive, it may have been that district or no. Well, no, I don't think this race was ever about him winning. I think he would have liked to have won if it was clear that he had some, uh, you know, some momentum, but the unions weren't with him. The Working Families Party wasn't with him. No, the major endorsements were with him. I think de Blasio was interested in doing what he did. He raised half a million dollars. He spent $60,000 and he gets to spend the balance of that money paying off the substantial legal bills that he accumulated as mayor. So otherwise, if he didn't raise all that money for the congressional district, he was going to have no way of, uh, at least in the short term, paying off that all those legal bills. Who would ever give him money to pay off bills that he's accumulated for his, you know, kind of being shady as mayor? This way, he can use these campaign finance funds to pay all those legal film, uh, legal bills. I do want to ask you about Nicole Maliotakis. Uh, we had Lee Zeldin on this show yesterday. Lee and I are very, very tight. You know that. In fact, uh, August 24th, I'm doing one of his events with Donald Trump Jr., Kimberly Gilpoyle, yeah. Ray Kelly, and a bunch of athletes. And then in Deal, New Jersey, on September 4th, I'll be with Lee and President Trump, which I'm really excited about. Uh, Lee had a press conference yesterday with Nicole Maliotakis talking about these immigrants, Frank, coming into New York. And that reminded me of that Nicole Maliotakis-Max uh, Rose uh, race. Max reached out to me about two weeks ago, was very, very nice, wanted to come on, but I can't bring him on because it's going to get very ugly with him and Bernard. And I don't blame Bernie for it, so I, I purposely leave Max off the show. But what about that race? Does Max have any chance of winning this time around? Uh, well, look, uh, he's going to win the primary. They both have a primary uh, next Tuesday. Uh, Mac, Max Rose is a heavy favorite in the Democratic primary. Malitakis is the heavy favorite in the Republican primary. I think the way this district is constituted now, uh, I, I'd be absolutely shocked if Nicole loses. It's a pretty strong Republican district uh, the way it is now. And uh, Nicole's popular. I think Max's best shot was under the gerrymandered lines. And uh, I don't see with the way the district is now, Max, and Max having a realistic shot. But, uh, you know, politics is like football. Any given Sunday, yep. the real Republican primary to watch is going to be upstate, where there's a very competitive primary between Carl Palladino and Nick Langworthy for for a Republican seat. These are two longtime political allies for the last uh, 20 years or so, the last 15 years. You remember uh, Langworthy actually backed Palladino's bid for governor in 2010, and uh, Palladino backed Langworthy's bid to become chairman of the GOP. Now these two are going at it. 
fast and furious, and mm. uh, it doesn't seem to be a clear uh, yeah. favorite in that no. race. I don't, I don't. I don't like Carl Palladino. He's been on this show many times. In fact, I think he's a jerk off, to be honest. Uh, and I really liked Nick Langworthy, but I'm very disappointed on uh, on how Nick Langworthy. He, he, people may not know this, but he is uh, kind of runs at GOP in the state of New York, and he's left his party behind very selfishly to get involved in this race. I mean, the Republicans need to win all of these all these races, starting with Mark Molinaro on the 23rd, maybe Tina Forte and others. And he's involved in this stupid race against Paladino. Very selfish of Nick Langworthy. Yeah, and uh, I think the fact that he's not able to uh, pull out a decisive victory here, it says a lot about uh, where, where, you know, his ability to move voters as state GOP chairman. If he loses this primary, I think it's going to be very tough for him to remain as state GOP chairman. But now he still may pull it out and he could remain as uh, a state chairman. But we'll see. I think um, the, uh, the the New York Times endorsement is going to be pretty pivotal in these uh, Democratic primaries. I think the only thing that could be decisive in terms of endorsements in that Langworthy Paladino primary is if Trump makes an endorsement. Right. Trump's got a relationship right. with both of them, and Trump's a rock star in that district. Talking about primaries, my good friend who I spoke to just yesterday, I dropped names like Pat O'Brien, I got to tell you, but I did speak to her just <laughs> yesterday. Sarah Palin is running in Alaska, and uh, right now in District 1, looks like she's got about uh, 27% of the vote. Her competitor, Begich, has about 19 so uh, Sarah Palin well on her way to a primary win in Alaska. Hey, Frank, uh, I, you know, I think you're great. I really do. I think you're a tremendous radio host. Thank you for hopping on this morning. And I'll see you dark and early tomorrow. Uh, thank you, Sid. Thanks for the opportunity. I'll be listening. Have a great day. I'll see you in dark and early myself. The great Frank Morano, folks. Check him out. Other side of midnight. He is a smart guy and a great host. He got, he's got those radio instincts, which I got to tell you, a lot of hosts don't have. A lot of hosts in this city that people think are great, they're not. And uh, Frank's got him. Frank's a big-time guy.